Did you know that there is a really effective way to influence and lead others, even when it may be time to correct their behavior? Welcome to the Value Added Podcast. My name is Jared. And my name is Bill. And today we are talking about connecting before correct. Yeah, connecting before you correcting, uh, leveraging care and candor, as John Maxwell says in his book, Five Levels of Leadership, which was originally titled Five Levels of Influence, by the way. Exactly. Uh, also, the idea of people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's These are all kind of the same idea, thought, principle, kind of boiled down into this episode. So, so we're kind of steamrolling right from the last episode, taking influence right into the sphere of connecting with people. We are. We are. Yeah. It's so important. Let's, let's offer some definitions just to make sure we're all on the same page. What does it mean to connect? What is a connection and what is a correction? In the way Jared and I define connection is building rapport with an individual where they feel safe, value, heard, and understood. And trust has been established in open environment. You know, I have a saying that everybody in the planet has two fundamental needs to be heard and understood. Just think about when someone makes you feel understood. How does that, how does that make you feel? Don't you like, oh, they get me. They understand. It makes you feel valued. It makes you feel valued. So. That's our connection definition, building rapport with an individual where they feel safe, valued, heard, and understood, and trust has been established in open environment. Right. In correction, this is more of, not of, you know, you're in trouble. It's um, not so much discipline as it no, is. Like it's course, no, it's no. Course correction, challenging someone's behavior, values, or ideas mm-hmm. to give them a little bit of a course correction. So, yeah, connection before correction. Yeah. I think it's, I think there's a couple different approaches, you know, are often taken, you know, really there's one of two ways to look at if you really want to be as honest as we can, uh, two approaches to actual correcting, of course, correcting. I think the first one is that idea of manager mentality Yeah, where it's, you know, developing numbers, you know, to kind of, it's all about the numbers and the spreadsheets at the end of the day. And you know, that's very much a manager mentality. And the, you know, on the flip side of that, you have leader mentality, right? Where it's developing people, right? Course correcting, you know, for, even for the sake of the person. So it's not so much, hey, we didn't reach the numbers, you know, and here's, the, here's everybody's repercussions, you know, no, no day off tomorrow because they reached the numbers, but it's, it's, it's developing people. Right. That I think is, uh, is the difference. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. Just leading the human being versus managing the human doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's counterintuitive, right? The first time I entered into leadership, yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to get this team to perform. We're going to meet the goals, the metrics, the business objectives. Right. And when you slow down and realize that when you start adding value to people, you start leading them influencing them in a positive way, as we talked about in the last episode, encouragement, their performance naturally increases and gets better. It does. Yeah. Right. So you came in, you came into it. It sounds like, or could have with, you know, maintaining processes and procedures. Oh, I was a manager. Growing people. Yeah. I was, when I first got into this, I was a manager and I didn't know the difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it bit me at the backside. 
you know, it really did. And it wasn't until I started treating people as people, hey, surprise, that we actually gained momentum, you know, and it's slowing down so you later on can speed up exponentially. And it's counterintuitive. It really is if you're beginning or new to leadership. Absolutely. So the first approach, you know, that whole manager mentality, it, it kind of promotes separation and discouragement, I think. It does. It yeah. does. You come in and taking over a team or trying to lead a, a project and you've got multiple people that you're, you know, responsible that answering to you and you come in with a manager mentality, right? That almost promotes a separation between, hey, it's build a manager and there's the rest of us. You know what I mean? Right. He's going to get his way in the end anyway. He's not going to hear any of our ideas. He's going to do it the way Bill always does it. And that isn't, isn't that human nature? Well, when, of course when we get people we don't like or, or rub us around, we, we hold them in at arm's length. We, we don't really bring them in. Mm-hmm. But once we understand, if we're a leader, we're, we're engaging, engaging with our employees, caring about our employees, yeah, right. it draws everybody in. And I would say the, the, the first approach that will manage a mentality that causes that separation or can, it often does, that's not even leadership. It's not. Right. So no. that's not even falling under the sphere of adding value to people mm-hmm. and influencing them in a positive way, which is what we're defining leadership as. It is. Right. So. But then the second approach, you know, having the leader mentality, you know, coming at this where you're trying to develop the team, right? Earning their trust, right? Uh, th- that that one promotes connection and encouragement. It does. It does. And again, that's that snowball as it goes down the hill, right. brings up, builds momentum for your organization and it builds performance, right? Um, it, it's just a huge counterintuitive process to, to for first-time leaders to get their minds yeah. around to make that shift in thinking. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want to jump ahead, Bill, but what's, what's fascinating to me about this is we're, we're talking about this, uh, in the sphere of course correcting. So thinking, thinking in that light, you know, when it's time to course correct, you know, you, your team or an individual brings something to the table that just isn't, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking in your back in mind, this yeah. isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, instead of dismissing it immediately, which is what a lot of man- managers will do. Like, that's not going to work and we're going to do this and that and the other thing. You just missed an opportunity. Even if you know intuitively, you probably not, this is probably not the best way to approach it. I'm not going to probably, we're not going to probably take this, right, in this direction. You still have the opportunity to make somebody feel heard, perhaps and understood, and actually thanking them for going the extra mile and bringing some thoughts to the table, yeah. asking them for a little time to chew on it, uh, and then inviting them into your way of thinking as you're approaching whatever this task may be, I find it that that promotes a lot of healthy connection so that when it comes time yeah. to actually say to someone, hey, I don't think we're going to take your approach on this one, or you know, could you consider this? You're giving them a seat at the table. You are. You're making space for them and right. giving them the opportunity to participate in the process. Right. Just real quick story around this. And work. I'm a substitute teacher. I will go in when a manager's out on mm. leave or vacation, run their team for it them, takes over. take over, and then they come back and I hand it back off to them. And when I do this, I often will bring in a, a, a young leader with me that I'm mentoring and give them a lot of the responsibility for leading and doing the coaching for performance. And he was having difficulty with one particular individual and said, Bill, I think I'm going to need you to meet with me, with this individual. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Give me the rundown of what's happening. And he did. And I said, okay, there's, there's more behind this than just what we're seeing in, 
in the poor performance. There's a story. There's a... So, and the young leader was kind of expecting me to go in and drop the hammer, right? right? right. But I went in the meeting and I said, I got this. I'll start the conversation. And so I said, so Steve, it's not his name, but we'll call him Steve. Friend. How are you doing? Are you okay? How's the week going? What's connection? What's connection. going on in your yeah. life? Right. And you could just see his shoulders drop. He goes, here's someone willing to listen and understand, not just berate me for my performance right. and someone who cares. And you know what happened intuitively on his part, because he knew I cared, he of course corrected himself. And that, that okay. was just, it wasn't all at once. You know, he still had a storm of life going on that he had to deal with, mm -hmm. but you can see a steady, consistent improvement after that conversation. Yeah. yeah I think, I think obviously we'll, we'll, we're going to back up the train here and do some, some really some cookies in the bottom shelf application. But that the point that you make is, is crucial though, because as a leader, I know from, for myself, that level of connection right out of the gate with a team like that, you you only had them for a certain amount of time or you're just coming into the first couple of meetings and you, you show that value added, so to speak. Very much. You know, and then that, that connection right there, like you said, it worked almost in the moment where they began at that point, you know, shortly after to start correcting themselves. And even if they didn't, that's, a, that is a person, um, who for me, I, I would want to perform for. Does that make sense? It does. It you know, does. I'm sitting under your leadership and I'm looking at me, I don't know this guy, Bill, what's he going to say about my performance? You're coming into it with, Hey, Jared, how's your day, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I hope you did well on this and that. It, that does it, but when my shoulders were dropped, I would say, okay, Bill cares enough about me. Now let's talk about my performance, right? And so, it's a skill that we can all practice no, and develop. Exactly. Right. So exactly. it's, it's not anything new. It's not brain surgery or rocket science, but it's people skills and it's practice, right? No, it really so, is. Yeah. It really is. So what are some practical steps, Jared, that you use to connect before you correct as a parent? Oh, okay. So as a parent, all right. So this is, this one's easy to say, harder to do, right? So I'm going to give you the things that I quote unquote do, and it's probably been too long since I quote unquote did that. If it, you know, and I'll, I'll admit that right away because it, as a leader, we're always again, self-reflecting for self-growth, but some of the things I try my best to be intentional to do when it comes to connecting as a parent with my children, I have two girls. So the first thing I try to do is date them, D-A-T-E, date my daughters. And there's many reasons a dad should date his daughters and won't get into all of them, but we're talking about making deep connections. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, the family vacations are wonderful or, you know, the, the, the family trips to the mall or to, you know, ice cream or restaurant, those are all wonderful, great family time, but it's not deep connections with individuals, which I think is huge. We're talking about correcting, you know, you want to get to course correcting. You need those deep connections. Right. Because somebody who, uh, you know, knows and understands your level of value for them, hmm. right, is going to respond to that without quitting the job, so to speak. So you're lighting you off. If you're not taking both daughters out at once, you do one on one. Do it one on one. That's so that awesome. I can, yeah, you know, really get that, that deep connection. Um, the other thing that we do, my, my wife and I try to do is start with the why. You know, we, especially, you know, in, in the, we often think as parents, you know, we don't think of connection and then course correcting. We think of behavior and then discipline. Right. Right. So really starting with the why helps us to, to connect with the girls 
by saying, hey, this is why we have to do it this way in yeah. the whole world. So this before you say yeah. yes or no, before I say yes or no. You say, well, this right. is why. And then as a result, right. the answer is. Yeah, and sometimes it is before you administer discipline, whether that's, okay, you're going to lose your iPhone for the week or whatever. Of course. But, you know, this is why. And asking them, you know, why do you think you know, there, there should be consequences for such an action? It, making sure they understand, right? They're at a level of, of connection. The other thing too is welcoming their questions. I mean, you get, especially when we're talking about parenting, all right? So this is parallels of leadership. Yeah, yeah. If a child comes to you and they have a question and you don't have time for the question, every time you do that, you're severing the connections you've already made. You're shaving off little bits of that connection you already made every time you don't have time to hear a question. So, and I, what's really, what's really cool is I watched a, again, this is just a, a church application, if you will, but I believe it was uh, a gentleman giving the, the morning announcements, like a deacon at a church. Can't remember where I saw this, but his little one ran up to him when he was on the stage, you know, and so he just reached out and picked the child up and the child helped him give the announcements and everybody was like, oh, it's so cute. But that is really at the basic level of humanity where it starts, I oh, think. That's a great example. You know, and so then the last thing that we try to do is partner with our, our, our girls and our, our kids where we can in the household. So, and what I mean by that is giving them responsibility, a seat at the table, right? So even things like taking vacations or, you know, day trips or, you know, we're going to uh, buy it. In the decision-making. In the decision-making. My, my wife will go around and say, hey, you know, what, what do we want for dinners this week? That's one of her ways. And so the kids get to be like, I want shepherd's pie or I want, you know, spaghetti and meat sauce or whatever it is that they want. They get, a, they get a seat at the table to, to help groceries, you know, and so they do their own laundry. You know, just giving them responsibility shows, uh, you know, shows that and brings that connection. And again, it's, it's obviously for multiple reasons we do this as parents and as leaders. But again, it comes full circle when, you, when it's time to course correct. And we've practiced all these things as parents. Yeah. There's a connection there through which the girls are going to filter our correction for them. If that makes sense. It does. And I think that would translate into the workplace. So let me ask you, Bill. Yeah. You've got some practical steps. You know, you've mentioned to me before, but share, share with the listeners here, steps to connecting before correcting in the workplace specifically. Yeah. As I mentioned, I'm a substitute teacher. So I'm often going from team to team to team to team. So in the tech world. In the tech world. In the tech world. Um, so I'm with this team for a couple of weeks and that team, a couple of months um, and so forth. So learning this skill of, of getting to know and letting them know that you care before you correct, mm -hmm. you know, connect before you correct is huge um, in my world. And one of the things I do is actually, I don't even talk business when I first meet with them. I'll just sit down and ask them about them, tell me your story, how you got so here. So this is one-on-one -on -one or a group? This or? is one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, just wow. I okay. meet with yeah. them one-on-one -on, -one on a regular basis for coaching. That's wonderful. Oh. Um, that's part of the responsibilities as, as my role, uh, to meet one-on-one -on -one and coach. And then as I get to know them, I take notes, you know, okay. Hey, what's the name of your dog? How many daughters, your children do you have? What are their names? What are their ages? What's your favorite thing to do? Have you jot those down? I do. You write those down. So in the next week or two, it's like, Hey, how's Fluffy? I heard you took him to the vet. Are they doing okay? Oh, he remembered the name of my dog. That must mean he cares. Yeah. Right. Just so something so simple as asking, having that dialogue and taking just a few notes about that individual. Yeah. And you refresh your memory before you go into the next the meeting and conversation and just, it, it, it throws them it, it, it excites them. 
and they're like, and the walls come down a lot quicker and they're a lot more open and receptive to the correction when the time comes around. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my, my key ways of, of doing it in the workplace. And it's, I, I've not found it yet. And I'm not perfect and I haven't covered all scenarios in my life. <laughs> Just in my experience, yeah. I've not yeah. found it to not work to some degree. So, so give us a couple more practical steps. You talk about connecting your role. So yeah. The first thing you mentioned doing, you take time to learn them. You ask questions. What, what, what's, the, what's a couple more things you do? Well, I don't think there's not a lot more beyond that to build that connection, okay. right? So caring about people, as we talked about earlier, offering them encouragement, giving them, creating space for them giving them opportunity to speak in just like you do with your kids. Oh, okay. I got you. That, got that you. translates to the work. And we've mentioned this before. We're going to mention this again. There's a lot of parallels between parenting and leadership, sure. right? So, um, you're going to welcome their questions. You're going to give them opportunity to participate in the decisions where absolutely possible. And you can't always, right. But collect their feedback, listen to their feedback, get their honest opinions and Act on it. Show them you're acting on it. So what you're, what you're doing is creating space. Creating space, it's making them things. feel heard. We right. talked about, you know, feel everybody valid. has two needs to feel heard and feel understood and feel cared about, right? You know, honest caring is followed by honest action, right? So those are some, just some of the key ways to create space for them. And that reminds us from what last? Last episode, we concluded with these three things and they, they're very applicable here, right? Mm -hmm. So what's important to others make important to you, uh, love people more than we do our position and lift people higher, uh, to a higher level by their heart through encouragement and creating this space kind of will lead to opportunities to just for them to want to change right. their behavior, their right. values, their ideas and help one to participate in the growth and the objectives of right. the organization, business, company, nonprofit, whatever it is. So it's I mean, just a simple way to look at this would be, this is how you, you're talking about course correcting, but really the answer to that is you're really, you're motivating people pretty much to, to course correct themselves. Well, you're leveling up your influence, right. but you're and doing it honestly yeah. with integrity, with sincerity, right? authentically. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't, this is something you can't fake. No, you can't. People, they, people pick up see on through it. that. Yeah. In a heartbeat. So, so, yeah. So, um, yeah. so it, it's, it's really interesting. I have a, a, qu a quick story just on, on this topic. I had, I often, or did a couple of seasons ago for a couple of seasons, I did substitute teaching in the school system. So, uh, uh, particularly in the middle school and high school, I did one with the kindergartners and she said, we'll do that one again. Like, hit <laughs> 20 kindergartners. They were, they were adorable, but I, I kind of fit more with the middle and high school kids. And I remember one day I was um, doing a class, uh, it was a home ec class or something of that nature. And if you're familiar with substitutes, which anybody who went to school would be, or anybody who teaches would know when a substitute gets in, in, in to facilitate the class, it's often busy work that they assign. So if you're the teacher, Bill, and you're leaving for the day, you're going to leave me a pile of papers that the kids are going to call busy work. This is just to keep us busy. It's not the project we've been working on. It's not, we're not going to be graded. You know, Bill's not going to look at these papers. And that is sometimes the case, not all the time, 
but sometimes the teacher that you're subbing for will just leave busy work. And in this case, in this particular day, it was. And I remember passing out the busy work and I had one student individual who um, put, he put his name on it and then he handed it back to me. Um, you know, there's like you know 20 questions or something on this paper. And I looked at it and, I'm, and I remember looking back at him. I said, you know, remember his name, we'll call him Billy. I said, Billy, is this your name? And he's like, well, yeah. I said, so you, you are willing to put your name on something that you're also willing to give zero effort on. And he kind of looked at me because it was a big character question drum. He was like, hey, if you, you know, would, I mean, would you do this in sports? Would you do this in, you know, in relationship with your girlfriend, Billy? You know, and, and the answer is no. And so that, that for me, instead of being like, you know what, go to guidance, you know, I'm going to write you out this detention, this is my class, you know. You just took the time to ask him a question. Do you really want to put your name on it and then give zero effort? And he was able to take it back. And of course he did a few of them and then gave it back to me, you know, but it is, it's, it's so true. It's so true. Connection, asking questions, creating space for someone to be involved in their own you know, growth as a, as a person. It will naturally lead to the correction. It really will. They'll want to change. So let's ask some questions, Bill. Yeah. How about I ask you answer? Okay. Okay. So am, am I bold enough to step into opportunities for connection? So Bill, are you bold enough to step into opportunities for connection? Because this is, this is what we're on now as the audience. You know, it takes intentionality and in a prepared mindset to, to be able to go into someone and take that step, make the most of that opportunity and say, okay, how can I add value to this person in this mm -hmm. situation? But the answer is, yeah, I think we all can just jump no we're not jumping outside of our comfort boldness zone can grow well boldness can grow with time but you're you're bumping against that comfort zone a little bit and as we said we like to put cookies on the bottom shelf you just find one person to practice being a little bit more bolder with being intentional and mm -hmm. making a connection yeah and the next question would be who is already in my sphere of influence that i could connect with yeah that's so big deal. who do you rub elbows with on a regular basis is this is there a person that you see once a week in the same meeting every week? Right. Uh, do you go to the same store and see the same attendant or cashier or person on a regular basis? Yeah. I mean, certainly our family, we live with our family all the time. We can right. practice that with, right? Our peers, our coworkers, there's a loads of opportunity. People there are moving in and out of our circle of influence that mm -hmm. we can have this opportunity to connect with. So but what we're really asking is perhaps are there areas in your life, people that you're already connected with? Right, okay. right. And who are they? Who are they? Yeah, and think about those. Who are they? And maybe write down their names and pick one. Right. Pick one to focus on to practice connecting. So the, in the last question that we want to ask, and Bill, I'll ask it for, for them. You can answer it because this is really, really important, I think. We're talking about, again, connections, making deep and meaningful connections with people uh, because that leadership uh, influence is beneficial when it comes time to course correcting. Right. That's kind of the context connecting right. before correcting. Right. So let me just ask this last question. How, how do you know you've connected enough? Yeah. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it too, but oh, for sure. It, one of the things that's really evident to me is when I know I've connected enough is people are starting come coming to me, right. seeking me out Absolutely. to talk, to just share life, ask advice or mm -hmm personal or in the work environment or, you know, wherever yeah. project or whatever team you're on. Yeah. So yeah. what about you? I, I would say the, I would give the exact same answer to that question. 
um, I've experienced this both as a leader and as a parent, right? Um, you know, when your child is asked, you know, who, who's your biggest role model? Of course, my kids are, you know, teenagers and they'll still say mom or dad. Yeah. And so that, that's huge, you know, for us, but also, you know, for my current role as a leader, I will have, uh, the staff now come to the table excited with ideas. They'll come because they just, they want, they know that I'm not going to sit there and be like, here's no number, you know, here's, here's reasons one through five, when this ain't going to work. They know that's not my approach to leadership. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, not micromanaging should probably be a, an episode that we do. Right. Uh, don't be a micromanager, you know, as a leader. But uh, so that for me is the same. When they start coming to me with ideas for, their, you know, for, for, for projects and, and activities and programs, when they start coming to me for life advice, you know, now I know I have enough of a connection where if I do have to course correct, you know, whether it's their behavior or whether it's their value or something they are bringing to the table, they're going to hear it. They're going to be and, open. And they're going to be open and they're going to welcome it. Yeah. Which I think is when you know you. Have you also found one of the ways that you know you've connected enough is when people start quoting you to someone else? Oh my gosh. Like right. like, that's a little scary to you. Bill, yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> Bill said, Jim, said stop, stop. Oh. No, don't tell them. I said that. Tell, said, it's, go ahead and say that. That's okay. Advice. Oh. Don't tell them. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I don't want that responsibility, but no, you'll give them a piece of advice yeah. and then they'll find and practice and use and Yes, that works. Let me go share that with somebody. Yeah, they'll run with it. They'll run with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so any final thoughts, Bill, as we wrap up this episode? I would just. Put the cookies on the bottom shelf, find one person that you can practice connecting with this week and add value to them in whatever way you can. And you'll benefit and they will benefit. It will. It will change their world. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Value Out of Podcast and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us.